record. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Yes, indeed. Welcome to Black Broadway Presents The Core Report. Okay, Mimi is currently writing about George Floyd. We got so many things to talk about. Like I said, I hope everybody had a great, wonderful, productive, happy, and safe, most of all safe, uh, Memorial Day weekend. But, uh, man, it seems to be that a lot of people didn't. A lot of people chose to act in a way that was not really conducive to their health, to their well-being, and to the progress of our whole entire community. This weekend on Memorial Day weekend, we're going to talk all about it, man. Like I said, you know the format. We do the headlines. The second half of the show, I want the engagement. All you got to do is click those little faces down there at the bottom of your uh, screen. You can join in live. Black Broadway presents the core report. We want to hear from y'all the street because I'm sure y'all have a lot to say about everything. This is just a strict rundown of our headlines. We're going to get into them one by one this week, y'all. Memorial Day weekend madness. Like I said, man, killings in Chicago, D.C., Atlanta, Ozark, parties, all this craziness on the beach, man. We'll talk about it all. D.C. has actually been making some progress. Cases on the decline. First day with zero deaths. We'll touch on that a little bit later. Of course, we got to talk about just the weak in racism. And I hate that it's a weak in racism. And this isn't even like the serious brand of racism. We got that later. But this is like the regular run-of-the-mill general racism. We got Joe Biden acting a fool. Lena Del Rey acting a fool. Doja Cat acting an entire fool. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Versus. The craziest verses that we ever saw versus maybe the shittiest verses that we ever saw. And of course, police brutality. The way that law enforcement has been treating our community, this entire, entire fucking, just our entire existence on this country. But this particular weekend in general, man, we got some really banner examples of what it means to be black and deal with law enforcement in the United States of America, man. So without further ado, Let's just get right into it. Like I said, Memorial Day weekend madness, man. Of all the things that could have happened this weekend and all the ways that things could have went, we knew it was going to be a situation where a lot of people was going to see this as an opportunity to just get out and get their shit off. You know what I'm saying? People have been feeling cooped up for far too long. And if it's like this on Memorial Day, pray for us on 4th of July. But Memorial Day, everywhere I went, every part of D.C. I went from uptown to southeast to anywhere in between. Man, block parties, people out, not social distancing, having the time of their life, living it up, going crazy all weekend long. It's been crazy. The result of that, the fallout of that, has been tragic in some states, in some places. In Chicago, they had 10 killings, 10 people died in Chicago from gun violence this weekend, 49 shootings in total. 10 killings, 49 shootings in Chicago just this weekend. That hasn't been seen since 2015. We haven't seen those type of numbers. Chicago's uh, murder rate had been on the decline for quite a while. Numbers just ticked up. The Chicago police are saying it's a lack of resources. People are saying it's just because there's a lot of people that have beefs and they have grudges that now they can finally feel like they can come outside because... We're, quote-unquote, relaxing social distancing. That's an accumulation of old beefs and old killings. Whatever it is, the shit is unacceptable. And now we're talking about 
people not only going out and commit violence against one another, but just clearly not giving a shit about social distancing. You had this scene, the Ozarks. I'm sure you've seen the footage from the Ozarks, from Atlanta, from D.C., from everywhere in between. People have been going crazy. The block parties have been lit. There's been pool parties. There have been clubs and bars open all weekend. I don't know what we're going to do, y'all. I mean... I'm not trying to pretend like I'm holier than thou and I don't want to participate in some of these activities, but I just don't think it's the right time. And also, when it comes down to making money to even participate in these type of activities, if half the population isn't working and the other half is being forced to work, then how do people really and truly enjoy these things? I, don't, I just don't understand. If anybody's out there operating in one of these states, moving around in places where the clubs and the bars is open, I saw a tweet earlier that said that Houston and Atlanta was having a contest on who could go the wildest off the corona, and it seems as though they're tied right now. <laughs> like, this shit's crazy. I see pictures, I see footage from behind the scenes from people I know having pool parties and crazy shit in Houston. I've seen it in Atlanta, too. I just don't know what to say. I don't know what to think. I saw it in the city. Man, shout out to the South Side. What type of Harper Place? If you ever been on the South Side, Harper Place was going crazy on the weekend. It looked like it was a good time. Nobody got hurt in that particular instance, but I definitely, as a former resident of Savannah Place, Southeast, I got to send my condolences to the lady who was, I believe, she was a grandmother. She was 70 years old, and she lost her life right in front of the giant on Savannah Place, Southeast, trying to break up a fight between some other teenagers and her daughter. I mean, y'all, we just got to do better. We can't be losing people. We can't lose grandmothers to situations like that. That could be easily averted. In front of the giant on Savannah Place, where I used to live literally right next door, I know everything that happens at that giant. There's no reason for people to be pulling out guns and shooting people that end in the loss of a life of a 71-year-old grandmother. Just no excuse for that, D.C. Do better, man. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to get these cases on the decline. We're trying to get to a point where we can maybe reopen our economy because what I've been noticing in this area is nothing is open. Montgomery County, if they say Maryland is open, I can't tell because Montgomery County is still closed. Prince George's County is still closed for the most part. Virginia, Northern Virginia is still very, you know, under tight control. I won't say it's closed, but it's still very much tightly controlled. There's no movies, there's none of that. The only thing that's crazy that's open right now is Tyson's, which I think is nuts, but I do kind of want to get some sneakers, so <sighs> we're way. <laughs> but, you know, nah, I'm going to stay my ass at home, man. And y'all should do the same, for real, because this is nuts, man. While we're at home, while we're dealing with all of this craziness on the home front, Politics and the game of American power jockeying goes on. So, of course, we're in the midst of the presidential campaign this year. We're in the midst of an election year. Can you believe it? It seemed like Trump was elected just the other day. But now we have to ostensibly fight this whole fight again. It seems like we've been fighting it nonstop for the last four years. That's how it feels to me. But now we got to get ready to do it again. And this time his combatant is Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden felt the need to get on the Breakfast Club and talk really reckless. He said the quiet part out loud, like I said. He came on the Breakfast Club and really opened his mouth in a way of saying, oh, yeah, man, you know, blacks, y'all know what time it is. Y'all know what to do. You know, line up at the polls. I'm rocking. I'm representing the Democrats. You know, throw your hat in. And uh, while he's not entirely wrong, and if anybody disagrees with me, please 
feel free to get at me. Let me know why. He's not entirely wrong. However, there's no there's no justifiable reason to get on a public platform that appeals to African Americans who, in some cases, consider themselves politically savvy and say something so condescending. Like that lets you know exactly what they think of you and your vote. That lets you know exactly what they think of your political power. It's already a predetermined conclusion. The only thing that they're worried about ultimately is turnout. You know what I'm saying? If we can motivate your lazy asses to go to the polls, we know y'all going to vote Democrat. And that is a problem. That's problematic, people. You can't have your vote, which is supposedly the most important thing in this whole democracy, taken for granted like that. Yo, Florida just allowed, just overturned, the Supreme Court of Florida just overturned the vote, the, pardon me, the legislation that was put into place by their Republican legislature, their, their voting base voted to restore voting rights to felons. Once you release from prison in Florida, you don't have a lifelong strike against your record, you can vote again. The people voted for that, that passed. The Republican legislature then drafted a law to make it so that, yeah, sure, your voting rights are, are returned, but in order to exercise them, you have to pay every dime that you owe to the state of Florida in court costs, fines, and restitutions. And so many people are not in a position to do that, especially after being incarcerated. You just came home from prison. You are certainly not in a position to pay your entire court costs, fines, and restitutions before being allowed to exercise your constitutional right, which maybe could benefit helping you get your court fines, costs, and restitutions diminished by getting some representatives that care about you. But they don't want to see that. That's That would be too much like right. You know what I'm saying? So the legislature voted to repeal that. The Supreme Court just stepped in. The Supreme Court just stepped in and decided that that is not lawful legislation and we can't allow that. So now, felons in Florida, that I, that I know a few of, big shout-outs to all my homies from the Pork and Beans, MIA, you know what I'm saying, Liberty City, all of that. All my gangsters out there in Florida, if you got an F, get out there and vote, man, because they can't stop you no more. That has been overturned. So, like I said, while we're still out here dealing with all of this madness with COVID and, you know, hospitalizations and, you know, even murders in the streets and the uptick of violence and all of that, the game goes on. They're still trying to take your political power from you. You know what I'm saying? Pay attention. It's important to pay attention to that, man. Like I said, there's so many things that are happening in the world. I'm glad that we could get a slight break in some ways, you know what I'm saying, by entertainment. But now they tried to filthy that up, man. Like, look, I was enjoying this Doja Cat song for the last couple of weeks, man. I, I like Doja Cat. She's all right. She, she's she's kind of sexy when she puts her wig on correctly. And she definitely, you know, had a little bop with the little say-so joint. I was like, all right, this is a good little song here, you know. I enjoyed the cow shit, you know what I'm saying? I got it for what it was. It was some ironic, you know, troll-type shit. I get it. But damn, I ain't know the depths of her trolling, yo. Like Nori said, she in racial chat rooms showing feet. She's crazy. <laughs> Shout out to Nori for one of the greatest tweets in the history of the Twitter platform, too. That was fucking hilarious. But yo, Doja Cat's really out here wilding in racial chat rooms, basically yucking it up with white supremacists who she wishes were a part of her fan base. However, her real fan base is black people who she wishes that she could dis disassociate herself from, or at least 
pretend to be way more edgy than. You know what I'm saying? I knew she was weird when I seen her at the AVN Awards. Because normal people don't go to the porn awards. I'm sorry, yo. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, niggas like porn just as much as everybody else. But we're not really going to pull up at the AVN. Like, that's a different level of dedication to filth. We're talking about Doja Cat, for, for the record. For people who aren't all the way in tune with this ridiculous situation. And the thing about it is, too, that she's very unrepentant. She don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, similar to Joe Biden. She does not care. Joe Biden does not care. Those people are not looking for a way to make this okay with the black community. They're more or less like, yo, y'all need to get over this. Like, if anything, you guys are wrong for overreacting to this thing. And that's ridiculous. Like, that's just ridiculous. But... You let the PR machines work you. You let the political spin machines work you and the mainstream media work you long enough, you'll start seeing it. You'll start seeing it that way because that's what messaging is meant to do. You know what I mean? Doja is wild and she got back on Instagram Live from what I understand and just acted a fool. You know what I'm saying? It definitely wasn't beneficial to her cause. But, you know, sometimes people do what they do. Lena Del Rey did the same thing. Instead, she chose to do it in a in a written statement saying something crazy about, you know, Cardi B and Beyonce and all of that. And, like, as a father of a daughter, as someone who loves black women from top to bottom, man, like, yo, leave black women the fuck alone, man. Like, they didn't do nothing to y'all. Like, they are just existing. And white women in particular, but society in general, and, and, and that even includes black men, yo, give black women such a hard time for no reason, yo. Like, there's no reason that Lady Del Rey should have had any of these women naming her mouth. She went wild, too. She put Beyonce in the mix. She, she went wild. There's no reason. It's like, even when you're Beyonce, you can't get left alone. You know what I mean? But that's the environment that we are circulating in right now. And social media helps to make all of that so much more appealing. It makes it so much more appealing to do this and say this, because if nothing else is going to get your name in a few conversations that it wasn't in before. Like, Doja Cat, I believe that ultimately this will be very, very harmful to her because she has to remember that she is still a black woman. This She can get canceled. Lena Del Rey, I don't even know who the fuck listens to Lena Del Rey. I know a few black girls who might listen to Lena Del Rey, but I, I'm not sure about that. I definitely don't know those stands. I definitely never seen nobody jump out the window over that. So that tells me that her fan base is also something other than the people that she was insulting or insinuating were, you know, somehow less creatively uh, in tune or less creatively genius than her. It's all bullshit. And at the end of the day, yo, this is how they control the narrative of pop music. Because if you react to this negatively, then you're ratchet, you're crazy, you da 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 If you don't talk about it, then it's assumed that you're not even a part of this and like, you don't even need to worry yourself with what this woman is saying because she's not talking about you or yours. It's just it's just nuts, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, just a, a regular, regular, regular week in racism, man. But, you know, all that is just a part of the... It's part of the course when you're rocking out in America, man. You know what I mean? It's Freddie Geronimo over here giving me some, some notes in the, in the chat about... Lena Del Rey, you know what I'm saying? She, she makes the same album all the time. <laughs> I have no problem believing that. She don't look like nobody who's had any creative growth. I, 
You put her, Ariana Grande, Camilla Cabello. I'm surprised I know all these people's names, but the Sabrina chick, whoever, all of them chick, Jesse, put them all in the room. I promise you, I cannot pick them out. I don't know how I know their names. I just listen to a lot of fucking shit on title, and you know, I just happen to see their names pop up, and it's like, okay, cool, I like this song. And then my wife comes in and reminds me, yo, she's racist. I'd be like, damn. What about her? Oh, she's racist too. Uh, I'm not even going to tell y'all how I got hit with the whole okie doke with Snow Allegra and thought Snow Allegra was a black girl. That's a whole nother story, whole nother topic. But yes, Kill Wilson definitely thought Snow Allegra was a black woman. And from the looks of things, it doesn't seem like I'm the only one. Y'all, come on out. Join me. Come out the shadows. Snow Allegra may or may not be a white woman, but I, I'm pretty sure she is. <laughs> but yo, man, we got it. all the racism, all the shenanigans. It's so heavy. Sometimes we need a break. And shout out to Swiss Beats and Timberland for providing us a goddamn break, yo. For real. Versus this weekend, the versus between Beanie Man and Bounty Killer on Saturday. Yo, like Beanie said, full joy, full joy. You know what I'm saying? The best thing for the spirit best thing for verses, the best sounding verses, verses by far. Just because, you know, for real, both of them was in the same room and, you know, you know, we're buying social distancing. You know, we're not here for that. Like, I'm not, I think it was important and, and really it increased the energy so much to see both of those guys in the same room together because they rock with each other and they got the most legendary clash in the history of sound clashes 19, what, 96 or 3, one of them years at Sting it's a video that, like, you know what I'm saying, if you spend a lot of time in Jamaican households like I did, you're going to see that joint every now and again. Like, it's just something that's going to pop up. That just like Vibes Cartel versus Movado. You're going to see that joint every now and again. And that shit was legendary. So it was dope for them to rekindle that and to see, like, 20-plus years of music history they had. Shit, the police came. They kicked the fans out because it's Jamaica. It's Beanie Man. Beanie Man the king. About to kill a king out there. Them boys, like, they got ratings out there. They're not going to let, you know, the police just run in there and treat them any old kind of way. Unfortunately, it's weird that we don't have the same kind of flexes in America. It's hard to flex on the feds in America. It's hard. You know what I'm saying? In other countries, it's hard, too. It's going to cost you your life if you really, really want to flex. But if you're a Batman, if you're really about it, there's some room for you in there. But in America, man, they, they live to destroy us. If anything we're doing, it seems to be awesome and fun. Like, they're going to try to find some way to walk down on it. Big shout-outs to Timberland and Swiss again for not selling this thing out to the culture vultures because they, they, they said they've had hundreds of millions of dollars offered to them to sell this idea, to sell this concept of versus and let Verizon do it. Let them let Tim McGraw get in or some bullshit. No, no. You guys didn't come up with this. Do your own thing over there. Figure your shit out. You know what I'm saying? We're over here rocking. And that's, you know, that's big for the culture. But like I said, the Bounty Man and Bounty Killer and Beanie Man show was easily, in my opinion, the best person. Top two, like they say, it's not two. You know what I'm saying? Meanwhile, yesterday, I didn't take 20 steps forward, 35 steps back. They put Jagged Edge at 112 on. And I'm not going to fret that. I mean, in the beginning, I was excited about it. Then I started to think more. I was like, does Jagged Edge really have 20 joints? I don't think so. And I love Jagged Edge. Personally, I'm 
I'm more of a Jagged Edge fan than I am a 112 fan because, you know, 112 is auxiliary to Biggie and Bad Boy. That's just, that's what 112 is to me. You know what I'm saying? They're guys who roll with Bad Boy and with Diddy, and they're the R&B arm of that. They are their own R&B group. I acknowledge that. But at the end of the day, 112 is just the R&B arm of Bad Boy. Jagged Edge is a whole R&B group who put out shit and, and set standards. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what the fuck was going on over there. What was going on over there? How, that was worse than the Nelly joint, and the Nelly joint was giving you a lot of, you know, Wi-Fi issues or whatever. I, I didn't believe that. I just believed that they were just in the basement fucking around. But this whole entire thing with Jagged Edge and 112 with the, the terrible sound and the static and all of that, it made it really hard to enjoy the thing. And then I, I definitely did see that I was kind of wrong and, 112 does have way more bops than, than Jagged Edge, but Jagged Edge got joints. Jagged Edge got album cuts. I'm, that's a hill I am willing to die on. Jagged Edge, album cuts, over 112 album cuts any day. I'm, I'm riding around, smoking weed, thinking about my ex, listening to Jagged Edge and shit. That was, those, were, those were those years, you know what I'm saying? So it just had more of an impact on me, I should say. You know, 112, I, I just don't know. It just wasn't a thing for me. So I'm trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Me and my buddy, my man Corporate B, we talk about this often. Where, where does Versus go from here? I think obviously now what we've learned is that there are some major technical issues in the Versus platform. Like Geronimo just said in the comments, hopefully we have some tech minds that can come in and intercede and just figure out a, a full solution. You know what I'm saying? Me and my homeboy, we was talking about this the other day. There has to be a kit. There has to be a rig of some sort that they set up to allow them to play their music, communicate with the audience, and rock on at the same time, you know, and not lose connectivity. So it's one of those things. We got to figure out how this shit works. Versus is too valuable an idea. It's too great of a contribution to, you know, say, have us out here looking crazy, you know? You said check my Wi-Fi or check versus Wi-Fi? Because I can do both. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tell Switch Beat to come get me, man. I will definitely co-produce. I will intern on that whole entire project, man. We can't have that shit going down like that no more. Like I said, that is really our break. That's our, that is our moment in the sun against all of the discrimination and justices and just all-around lawlessness that we face on a daily basis from the U.S. government. Like, like this isn't just me talking about people in the streets. Now, I'm talking about the actual government that we have to entrust in, the people that we have to do things with, the people that we have to participate in their system from some, on some level. It seems like they do not have any form of answers. And for us, who have been constantly seeking answers for years, it seems like it's only getting worse. That leads me to our main topic, our main point of the day, our main point of this show. And I hate that this is our main point of the show. It's fucking police brutality again. Again. Like, I started this podcast in 2015. When I started this podcast in 2015, when I started podcasting in 2015, one of the main events, one of the main things that led me to start doing this was Mike Brown with the killing of Mike Brown and followed closely by Alton Sterling, followed closely by Freddie Gray, 
followed by all of these these extrajudicial extrajudicial killings that were taking place against people that were very close to my age range, demographic, and definitely close to my shared experiences culturally. I saw this happen and I was like, man, yo, I got to find a way to, you know, at least talk this out with my people so that we're more vigilant and more aware. What I'm not, what I'm feeling right and what I'm seeing now is that that's a conversation that we always having with each other. What we're not noticing or what we're not seeing and we haven't really been paying attention to is how the police have been weaponized by white civilians. It's not so much. The police are definitely an idiot Gestapo organization that tries to overstep their power all the time. But a thing that we've never really stopped and talked about for real is how they've been weaponized by so many other people who don't look like us culturally. Like, they call them cops on us all the time. That's like their personal security service. Meanwhile, with us, when we call the cops, we're lucky to get a response in a case of emergency. My wife talks about that all the time. The part of Houston where she's from, the police do not come. You got to call them and tell them a body in the street for them to come. And even then, they're going to take their time. You know what I'm saying? I'm from a part of town where literally the police only come if it's gunshots clicking off or to fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not right around our neighborhood just, you know, hey, man, how y'all doing? Whoopie whoop, blah, blah, blah. No, this isn't, there's none of that going on. And like you said, Karen and company really feel as though this is their personal police force. This is their personal security force. And anytime anything is going on that they don't like, they can enact these people. This, this situation in Central Park with Amy Cooper is just one, just one video. Think about how many thousands of men and women have been railroaded by the criminal justice system based on some fake white hysteria. This is how Emmett Till died. That, this is exactly how Emmett Till died. And countless other people. And not only that, but when Emmett Till died, the lady on her deathbed came out and said she was lying. I don't know if that was supposed to make her feel better or anything, but it's just really the logic and the rationale of the people that commit these kind of acts. The people that commit these kind of acts towards other citizens, towards other members of their human community, Yo, they're worse than racist. Like, that's wickedness. Yo, that's evil. And and then police, like, they exist in a world where they think that they don't have consequences for their actions. Amy Cooper was trying to have done to this gentleman who video recorded his interaction with her. He didn't call the authorities, but he videoed his interaction with her because she was behaving so ridiculously. What she was trying to have done to him was exactly what actually ended up happening to another black man in another part of the country on the same day. Uh, I forget this man's name. Uh, Eric, um, I don't have his name on my on the tip of my tongue right now. But a black man, an African-American man, was being detained by the police in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and an officer felt like it was a good idea to put his whole entire knee on this man's neck, restricting his airways. This guy died. This man died in police custody, and the police have officially listed the cause of death as medical distress. What the fuck does that mean? What does that even mean? Like, if if medical distress happened, then was it induced from the outside? 
Was it something that was already underlying? It just leaves a whole lot of room for vagary, a whole lot of room for escape routes and stuff like that. And, I mean, to be quite honest, I don't expect the system to police itself. So I've never had high hopes of them prosecuting cops who kill people and so on and so forth because they're going to find a way. Their their job is to find a way to justify it. Our job... Oh, man. Did they get fired? Wow. I'm hearing from wifey in the room. They got fired. So shout out to all the police officers who are out of work for taking human lives. You know what I'm saying? There's quite a few of them walking on the streets, to be honest. Shout out to all those guys who don't have a job anymore because they took a whole human life. Indisputably. Meanwhile, there are people who very much so were railroaded and set up for charges ranging all the way from murder to attempt to distribute narcotics that are currently serving time, that are incarcerated right now in jails with COVID. New York right now, their criminal justice system is overwhelmed with cases of COVID. The the correctional officers in New York, there are 1,300 cases of COVID amongst correctional officers and eight have died in the New York City jails. And that's just the COs who you know are getting tested. So imagine what's going on with the prisoners. Imagine what's going on with all of these marginalized populations of people. And then just think that you could actually have ended up in jail. That man could have ended up in Rikers. After that whole entire incident in Central Park, if he wasn't who he was, if he wasn't behaving in the way that he had behaved, if he hadn't gathered the footage in the way that he gathered it, I don't know what happened post-incident. I don't know if the police came out or if there was some type of confrontation with the police between them three. I doubt it. But if there was, and he wasn't on his AAA game, that man could have gotten in Rikers. Then you've been in Rikers, now you're you're coming in contact with a correctional officer or inmate that has COVID-19, now you got COVID-19, all because you told some fucking Karen to put her dog on a leash. I mean, this is how things elevate. This is how things escalate. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where I just really think it's important for our community our podcast community, our, you know, our social community as brothers and sisters to really have those conversations and start watching out for people who want to weaponize the police against us. Because we know that that's their ultimate play is, yo, I'm calling the cops. And when the cops come, they're not coming to assist us. They're not coming to help us. They're not coming to participate in any type of conflict resolution with us, typically. I saw this uh, video on Instagram just a couple of days where young brother and his friends was playing basketball somewhere in some part of D.C. I want to say it was like over by the Capers, like Kentucky Court, somewhere over there. The police felt that it was cool to just run up on them with masks and with vest and force and tell them to get off of the court just in the most rude, vile way possible. One young man wasn't having it. Let the hands fly. I see this. I'm like, damn, man, this is a dangerous situation. This is a dangerous situation, yo, because I can understand that young boy's frustration, but at the same time, buddy, they will kill you, fam. As a matter of fact, what I saw, which was crazy, is that when they caught him, he was super lumped up, and I was just like, yeah, you lucky you were still standing for real. Like, I mean, it could have been worse. I saw him, I was like, damn, shorty, first of all, you messed up by getting caught. Second of all, you got lumped up, but that's nothing compared to what you could have got, because they could have gave it to you on the streets. 
They're going to give it to you in the jail, too. So you can count on that. It's incredible the amount of eggshells that we got to walk on. And now with Corona, and that's just, I, I got to say that that might be a very large contributing factor to what happened this weekend with the amount of people out and about, man, just totally ignoring social distancing and stuff like that. People are reaching a point where they're becoming very exhausted with being told what to do. There's a certain segment of the population, the majority of the population in this country, which is not used to being told what to do in any capacity. So you see the levels of belligerence that they've been kicking up already. They took it to going to the state house in Michigan armed to the teeth to stop the legislature from conducting their business. Yes, that really happened. They came up to the state house and was like, yo, y'all not passing shit until you pass some type of legislation that's going to allow me to get back to getting a haircut or being serviced in a restaurant by some people who I don't really care about. You know what I mean? That's the level of belligerence. The amount of people that have been arrested for coughing on people, assaulting people. There's a whole weird-ass chick that is on Instagram. She got a whole Instagram account where she's basically wearing a mask. She coming into stores naked wearing a mask on every other part of her body except for her uh, mouth just to prove that, you know, I can do what I want in America. There's a segment of people that live like that. Then there's us, who really, we can't do shit already. It's, it's already tight for us. It's already dead for us on the streets. We are already living in, a, in the most policed, the most heavily policed environment. The most the environments that are under siege the most from drugs, alcohol, um, underlying disease. What I want to say, pre pre existing conditions. We live in that environment. We live in the war zone. We live in the zone of violence and poor education. We are used to having so few options. Now we reach a time where we're in a historically unprecedented event, and you mean to tell me we have even less options? crazy. It's, it's kind of it's kind of nuts to think about. It's kind of hard to consider that even in this time of Corona where people doing bad that we could we could even lose more of our freedoms. I mean, yo, the taking down of the basketball courts and all of that stuff, I mean, that shit is symbolic, man. I travel a lot. I travel around the city a lot. I'm driving around a lot. I'm seeing places. I'm throwing things. It's not like that everywhere. Because when you remove something that's as permanent a fixture as a basketball court, and yeah, they didn't take the court out of the ground, they just took the rim off. But like that just suggests that there's nothing permanent around here. Your environment is not safe. We can change this any day we want. I think about it all the time. What if they decide not to put them back up? What if they decide, yeah, we're not putting basketball courts back up in neighborhoods no more? They don't know how to act over there. They don't, they don't understand social distancing to our, our satisfaction. So we're just going to leave them down. You know, I mean, when we get right down to it, these things that have changed in our world and changed in our life are, a lot of these things are going to be permanent, man. Shout out to Geronimo again for checking in on the comments. And you're right. A second wave is highly likely. Like, it is extremely likely that we will be dealing with the medical fallout of this uh, this virus for a very, very long time. However, the social fallout of this entire thing is something that 
that, that begs consideration. And we haven't even scratched the surface of how that is going to come out. I mean, so many people, you know, matriculating from grade to grade. People wanting to move in their life, meaning like their physical location. Shout out to my friends in Houston. They just bought a house, closed on a home. I mean, lots of things are changing. Children are growing up. How is this going to impact the way that they view the world and the way that they interact with the world? That's, these are the biggest things. These are the biggest questions. These are just the biggest, you know, concerns that I have. So when I get on this podcast, yo, like I said, live at five every day, man. You know, you can click in, join in. You can always check us out on iTunes. Check us out on Spotify. Check us out on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, anywhere where you stream content. I want to hear from the community because this is a thing where we have to start having these larger discussions and just paying attention to what that looks like in our world because everybody else's world or everybody else's environment is definitely under siege similarly, but I don't think that a lot of people are aware of the amount of influence that they have on it. You can make a difference. You can change a thing or two. You can, you know, choose to organize. An organized populace is a dangerous populace, you know what I mean? And if we, if we organize, the most important thing around organizing is we all got the same information. We all dealing with the same circles of information. Like I said, the podcast is always up. The stories are always there to research, to Google, to learn about, to find out exactly what happened, where it happened, when it happened. You know, one of my favorite sources, Democracy Now!, democracynow.org. All you got to do is go there, click on their headlines, click on their top stories, watch their featured speakers, learn something that's not a part of mainstream media. When you listen to mainstream media, make sure you ask yourself questions. And if you're in a position, ask these questions of the people that are presenting you these stories and presenting this media to you because they're accountable too. They owe you. You know, the journalists, we're not out here to just be unquestioned authorities. That's why when I, it kills me when people say the media this, the media that. Nobody said you had to listen, bro. If you had a question, ask it. If you want, if you want to question the media, if you want to not accept the narrative that's being presented to you by any media outlet. That is entirely within your rights and within your bounds and capability to do as a human being. Question me. Question everything. Ask all the questions. You know what I mean? Ask all the questions. Make sure that when you get on your your Google device, your, your internet device, that you're out here making things happen and that you're taking time to absorb all of this information because that's the most important thing. If you're not absorbing this information, it goes right past you. And you're not able to react and respond to situations as they approach you. I got to say, man, it's Monday. It's a part of me. It's not even Monday. I took Monday off. You know, I don't know what the days are anymore. But it's the day after Memorial Day. And it's beautiful in Washington, D.C. I hope it's beautiful wherever you are in the world rocking with us. I hope that you're able to take advantage of the season to come. It is the unofficial start of summer, so... Let's get it underway. I hope everybody, you know, that's able to get a summer job can get one. All the kids that got to go to summer school, I hope they're able to do that. All the parents that got summer plans, you got places to go. If you got to travel, they said that there's been a, there's been like a 12% uptick in um, airline travel. 
over the past week or so, and that's even that's well under what they would expect from you know Memorial Day weekend. But at least it shows growth. So I don't know, man. If people want to take those chances, get on those planes, I kind of feel like the airport would be the safest part of the whole thing. It depends on where you're going. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to ATL, if you're going to Houston, protect your neck. You know what I'm saying? Make smart choices. And uh, yo, man, like I said always, things work out the best for those who make the best of the way that things work out. It's the Core Report, Black Broadway, available on all your streaming platforms, anywhere, everywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow, fam.